Well, good morning, everybody. This year, um, one of the th things that we are focusing on is our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, and, and how that impacts our lives. And uh, this morning, uh, what the Lord has led me to speak about, I think, is a very basic thing about our identity, and that is who you are. You and I are children in God's family. And uh, we're all God's family. Some of, some of us are in, have, have families at home, some of us don't. But the good thing is, is, and some of our families are functional, none of our families are perfect, but we are all in God's family. And that supersedes every other identity that we have. I don't know if we recognize any people in that family up there. Uh, I think Dave Martin's standing up back there in the suit next to Nick. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think about my family I grew up in. When I was a teenager, uh, my mom has this thing that she would say to us whenever we went out to go to school or to go to work or out with our friends or to a basketball game or even out on a date, and she would say this, remember whose you are, and uh, we should do that, right? And she, you know, she was not talking about the, the fact that she belonged to my dad and me and her, um, but she was talking about who's with a capital W, that, that we belonged to God and we were members of his family, and so as we went out, to keep that in mind is a very powerful thing and has a big effect on our confidence in what we we're doing, also in um, our purpose and, and affecting the choices that we made. And um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that, that picture, um, I've gotten new glasses since then. <laughs> and lost a little bit of hair, I guess. Um, by the way, we had a dad too. It's just, I think it, at that point, uh, dad went out on a trip with Bob Heil out west that summer. And they were having uh, directory pictures for our church. So it's not like we said, hey, dad's away, let's get a family picture taken. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, you know, uh, Paul talks about this concept in Galatians. Uh, in chapter 3, starting at verse 23, I'm going to read. He says, Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. The law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Um, just stopping there for, for a minute. So, you know, being in a family... Um, the law, when we were under the law, was kind of like being in an orphanage. And I'm sure there are lots of good orphanages and good people who run orphanages. Uh, when we were in China, I, I, went, I, I volunteered in an orphanage there um, every Tuesday afternoon for, I don't know, six years or more. And um, an orphanage is not the same as a family. And uh, the one we were in... Uh, there were good people there, don't get me wrong, but 
it, it's, it's not a family. There are, there are a lot of aunties, and, and they do the job the best they can, but they're not fathers and mothers. And it's kind of like a survival of the fittest atmosphere. Um, you know, they, they do good things, but an orphanage is not the same as a family. And that's kind of like what, what we were, our situation um, before our adoption uh, in Christ. Um, verse 25, now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Um, kind of, I've been watching basketball this week. Uh, it's kind of like putting on the uniform. Clothing yourself with Christ uh, gets you in the game. Um, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Are you anybody's heir? Well, I'm trying to think of who I could get an inheritance from. Uh, it would be nice to get an inheritance, uh, but I'm not thinking of too many people. But um, we are all heirs of God. And wow, and we don't have to wait for him to die to inherit, because <laughs> he's not going to die. Um, verse, uh, going on into chapter 4, verse 1. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Can you imagine if you were one of those children living in the orphanage, in the, you know, just one of the many mouths to feed, and, uh, and somebody, a mom and dad, came and picked you out and adopted you and brought you into their family. That's the jackpot. I mean, a loving, a loving mom and dad. Uh, but that is what Paul is describing as our situation. Um, and uh, we've received adoption to sonship in his family. Verse 6, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. In other words, you are not a second-rate citizen of God's family. We are co-heirs with Christ. So we are heirs in 
the same family that Christ is in. You are no longer a slave. What have you been held captive by? I ask myself the same question. What have we been held captive by? Fear? Uh, Besetting sins? Sickness? Addictions? Discouragement? Depression? Lack? Um, All kinds of things beyond that. That we have been maybe held captive by. But God says uh, we have been set free from that. We are no longer slaves. Here's what God said to me. We should not be afraid for he is with us. For we are his children and he is our good father. We should not take lightly what that means for us. That's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, you know, this is, no, this is no new concept that I'm preaching this morning, that we are children of God, right? But we should not take lightly what that means for us. Are we mindful of what that means? We are sons and daughters in the same family in which Jesus is a son. We are beloved by the Father and co-heirs with Christ. We've been made new and given entrance into the family of God. In Romans 8, starting at verse 14, it talks about this. By the way, do you hear how many times the Holy Spirit is mentioned uh, in this process of us being sons and daughters of God through the Holy Spirit? Verse 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Same thing that we heard about in Galatians. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So, so you see how many times, it's like six or seven times I've read about what the Spirit does in this process. That God has given us the Holy Spirit. He is with us. He is in us. You can't be a believer without having the Holy Spirit. He's the one that regenerates us. He's the one that coordinates that adoption as sons. He is the one, you know, he, he's a member of God's family too, right? And so he is the one who guides us along and uh, helps us uh, to function as a child, as sons and daughters of God. He is the one that's always with us right there. And uh, coordinating that adoption, helping us uh, assimilate into the family. Uh, We are not on our own in that process. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So, we need full disclosure about what it means to be a member of God's family. It's not become a member of God's family and all our problems disappear. Right? Because we are sons like Jesus is a son. Jesus 
took up his cross, right? So Jesus is a hero. To be called into the family of God is a noble thing, right? But uh, to do heroic and great things and receive glory um, requires taking, taking up that cross. Um, Jesus willingly took on hardship and persecution. Uh, he spent long hours and much energy ministering to people's needs. He became a hero. He's the one that calls us to follow him, take up our cross daily and follow him. So, you know, just full disclosure. I'm not talking about the fact that you will never have trouble because now you're in God's family. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we may have trouble as heroic soldiers have trouble fighting to win the victory. But we will win the victory. And we will have, you know, we are in the family and nobody can take us out. And there will come a day when that uh, all that was wrong will be made right and that, and, and that day will be eternal, will last forever. Praise the Lord. So again in there, it says that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And um, how many of you guys uh, know the old cartoon, Little Orphan Annie? And uh, that, that just makes me think of that, you know, how she was an orphan and then she was adopted by Daddy Warbucks, the wealthy uh, war industrial tycoon, right? A very powerful man uh, who, who came to love Annie very much. So it, just imagine that. How, how did that relationship affect her life? You know, she had struggles and she, her struggles continued in the comics when she lived with him, right? But he would always come to her rescue. He was always backing her up. Uh, she never lacked uh, what she needed uh, because uh, he protected her, he cared for her, uh, he used his influence for her and his resources. She, she became heir to it, not just after he died, but while he was alive, right? While she was living with him. So now think about the grace that Jesus walked in when he was on earth because he is our example. He is the firstborn among many brethren, right? And sistren. Sistren? Um, and as a man on earth. So he's God, right? And although he was God, when he came to earth, he did not come to earth in his full uh, God glory and uh, just overwhelm everybody. But he became a true man, and I'm convinced he lived his life as a man led by the power of the Holy Spirit um, as he lived on earth. Um, so it's the same way with us. We now um, are God's children, filled with the Holy Spirit, have access to the same grace, the same power, the same resources, to live God-pleasing lives and bring the influence of God's kingdom to the world around us. Are we mindful of this? 
Are you mindful of this? You know, so much in the Christian life depends on believing the truth. And Satan's strategy is always deception. His strategy to, to rob us, to stop us from doing, walking in God's plans for us, always revolves around dis- deception. So are we mindful of what it means that we are children in the family of God? And, and what will that do in our lives? Uh, looking back in Romans 8, Uh, back to verse 28. You may recognize this verse. Um, But also pay attention. We may not be as familiar with the context that follows it. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen? That's a good promise. Here's what it says, continuing. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I can't explain all this. The church has been arguing about predestination and that, all that stuff for a long time. But, but it says here, God, God foreknew. He knows ahead of time how everything ends, right? And so he knew us ahead of time, predestined, and the predestination, the calling, being called according to his purpose, is what? That we would be conformed to the image of his son. That we would become like Jesus. And uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So God's purpose for us is to be his children like Jesus is his child. I mean, we are not God. We will never be God, right? But we are made in God's image, and we are children of God, and he wants, his goal is for us to be like Jesus. And um, verse 30, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. In other words, to be in God's family, you need to be forgiven. You need to be in right relationship with God, right? But it's, the good news is it's God who does that. Jesus paid the price on the cross to take away our sins that had separated what had orphaned us in the beginning. It's our own sin, right? And so he did the justifying. Praise the Lord. Those he justified, he also glorified. It's not talking about Jesus. Jesus is glorified, right? It's talking about us. Be glorified? That's something to look forward to. Have you already been glorified? Well, it is past tense there, yeah? I think there's a walking into it, right? There's a progression here. But evidently that progression has already started. You are not just looking in the future and says, someday when I go to heaven, I'm going to be like Jesus. and I'm going to be glorified. What an, what, a, what an awesome thing. Do we deserve any of this? No, but this is what is promised, right? And, it's re- and it makes a difference to know and believe what it says. We have to believe the truth. The enemy doesn't want us to believe this. So, We are members of a household, it says, God's household. 
And we are being built together into a house, God's dwelling. Uh, We're kind of like the Brady Bunch. How many like to watch the Brady Bunch? Uh, Only it's even better than that, and we're not dressed in plaid bell-bottom pants. Okay? Um, But we we are all being gathered together. It's like a blended family. And uh, here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, dwelling in his home, right? As a real member of the family built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Uh, apostles and prophets, uh, I, I take that two ways, and it probably means both, I think. <laughs> the apostles and prophets, I think, it's talking about the, like the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles. They're the ones who, who wrote the Bible, right? Um, so in some way, we're talking about the foundation. We are trained by the word of God, right? But uh, also in the church today, there are apostles and prophets who uh, God has given a task to help build up the church, right? And so it means that too, um, that, that he is building us together to be one family, okay? So in other words, we are not just individuals in the family, but the family is a unit, the family itself is a temple. You, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, but we, as the body of Christ, as the family of God, are also the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are being built together. Uh, that this group must somehow form a family, right? That's the way we all became the, the Jesus bunch, right? Uh, Verse 21 again, in, oh, no, sorry, 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. There's the Holy Spirit again. Praise the Lord. I think as an example, I think about our family today. And there are six of us. Um, I remember how God built us. First, how he brought Kathy and me together, and then one by one, how he gave us Caleb and Michael and Amy and Faith. And I, I think about way back then and think, what did I know then about what we would be, you know? And then I skip forward to... When this picture was taken was in, I think, 2006 or 2007. It was a year we were back on furlough from China and living in Dave Hauser's trailer, the Aylin's house. Um, And, uh, you know, at that time, could I have imagined now what my children would all be when they're all teenagers? Actually, one just turned 20 now, so we don't have all teenagers anymore. But I, I couldn't imagine what these guys, what, what we would turn into, what God would be building, right? But now I'm still thinking about the future 
and my hopes and my prayers and the training that we do, thinking about uh, the future spouses, praying too a lot about the future spouses that God will bring our children and grandchildren, you know, and just thinking about that. And some of you guys have gotten, had families where you've gotten into that and even through and past those things and seen what God has done. I just, you know, what's it going to be like? And there's hope there, right? There's hope of what we're going to grow into. I'm, I'm talking about it. I'm using this as an example, though, for the, for the family of God. What are we going to be? Uh, how are we going to be growing and maturing and adding to God's family? Uh, in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Uh, in John talks about this in 1 John chapter 3, beginning. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. I love that verse. It's just, he's so amazed, and we should be, right? Are we mindful of that? We are called the children, and we're not just called children of God, that's what we are. Wow. So the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. Now, already. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But I'm excited about it, are you? It's a, it's a progression, it's a growth process, just like I was talking about our family. What's it going to be? You know, yeah, there are going to be problems along the way, sure. But uh, the good thing about God's family is we know uh, what the ending is going to be, right? That it's going to be good. What we do know is that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So in the Christian life, we are growing more and more to be like Christ. But there will come a day when we are going to be like him. Physically and in other ways. Um, because we will see him as he really is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves. Just as he is pure. In other words, he's talking about hope. Do you have hope? If we know this truth about ourselves, we are children in God's family, we have this hope, and this hope affects how we live. Hope will give us power to purify ourselves. Again, the Holy Spirit is the one working in us, right? And it's all by His grace. But He is making us more and more like Jesus do you have this hope, this confidence? Do you see your identity as God's son or daughter, a beloved member of his family? That's going to affect how we live. And here's what the Lord says. Now we must remain in his love, remembering who we are and whose we are. He will never leave us, neglect us, or abandon us. He will not abuse us. Some of us have been abused. In the world, everybody's abused a little bit at least, right? 
But God will not abuse us. That's not the kind of father he is. For he's a good father, and we are his true children by faith. Our father has loved us, and we must love our brothers and sisters in his family. That's the other thing about being in a family. We have brothers and sisters. Because we are his. That is who we are. Here's what Jesus said. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. Other translation says, abide, dwell, live. Just like you live in a home. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. How many of you need a little more completion in your joy? I do. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what he's saying here. He, our, that our joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So he simplifies things very, very much. He talks about obeying my commands, but he's saying, here's my command, love each other as I have loved you. And that's why we can do it. He's not talking about working something up in our own strength. You know, that's, that was the law. That was the orphanage situation, right? But he's talking about, well, now you are a family, a member of God's family because of the Holy Spirit has worked that in you. You have the power of God. God has loved you in his grace. So it's a welling up. I love that picture of um, rivers of living water flowing up from us by the Holy Spirit. And it's a picture of the love of God overflowing us and going out. And it's that grace that transforms our lives that, that we've been talking about. Um, it's something that he works in us and he's just saying, so love each other. Remain in my love. If you remain in my love, that love is going to be flowing out of you, out of us as children of God. So we live under grace and not through our performance. It's not a performing kind of thing, but it's about a relationship. It's about living in grace. Yes, God wants us to please him, but he provides the grace and the love that empowers us to do that. He loves his children. That's, that's something that God spoke to me. It seems profound, but why does he need to remind us that? Because there is a voice, actually maybe more than one voice, that is saying, God doesn't love you. But it's not, you know, that's the devil. God says, I love my children. And you are my children. He provides for us. He trains us so that we will grow growing more to be more like Jesus. He wants us to put our trust and our hope in him, for he has promised to be good to us, and he's accomplished all of it at the cross. That's the thing. In the coming months, we'll be celebrating Easter and Good Friday and remembering, reminding ourselves of that. That's the root of all this. That's the source of all this. He accomplished it all at the cross. It's not something that, oh, I got to be good. I got to, you know, like an orphan. Oh, I got to look good, look sharp. 
I hope they adopt me. You know? No, he's done it already. He's picked us out and he paid whatever price was necessary at the cross. And it's, it's for us to believe and walk in. So, my closing word, remember whose you are. Are you heading back to work or school this week from spring break? Remember whose you are. Do you feel overwhelmed by problems? Whatever kind they might be. Remember whose you are. Are you fearful or worried about something? Remember whose you are. Facing a temptation to sin? Remember whose you are. Feeling weak in the face of an impossible task? That's okay. Remember whose you are. Lacking motivation? Remember whose you are. Facing needs? Remember whose you are. Lacking joy in life and work? Remember whose you are. Having conflicts in relationships? Remember whose you are. Fill in the blank. <laughs> Anything else? Remember whose you are. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege that we can come to you and call you Father. We know it's not because we've earned anything. It's because of your goodness and it's because of what Jesus did at the cross. Lord, we humble ourselves before you today and we start by saying thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Father, I pray that for each one of us, thank you that the Holy Spirit within us is within us and he's the one who cries out, Abba, Father. Holy Spirit, uh, transform our minds. Keep us mindful of who we are in you. What a good father you are and how you've transformed us into your ch children and brought us to be part of your family, that we've received adoption by you as sons and daughters. Lord, in everything, we say thank you for who you've made us to be. Thank you for taking us in to your family, to your household. Lord, we pray that you would uh, grow us into whom you want to be and help us to be about your work, uh, bringing others into your family for Lord you want your house to be full and Jesus paid the price those you've called that was everybody and only you know the future but we pray your kingdom come your will be done that many 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 would be at your table we thank you and we have hope and we look forward to that day of total fulfillment in Jesus name Amen <laughs>